This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Wayne Ewing from the Board of Directors of Custer County Community Sharing Center, and we're going to be talking about that organization. Wayne, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Good to be here, Gary. You know, checking my notes, we did this about a year ago. Right at that holiday season, this comes to mind, I I think. Now, for folks unfamiliar, where is the uh, Sharing Center located? The Sharing Center is at 120 North 3rd Street in Westcliff, right across um, Highway 69 from the 3rd Street Gallery. We've been there for many years now. I think we moved into that building about 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. And the Sharing Center, what is its mission, and what's sort of the sponsorship of the whole thing? All right. The mission is very straightforward. Our our mission is to address a food scarcity uh, amongst our neighbors and friends in Custer County, in Huerfano County, and in southern Fremont County. We serve people who need supplements. We address food scarcity. And you mentioned it, but how long has it been around here in the county? Well, I was reflecting on that, looking forward to our conversation, Gary. We started almost 30 years ago. We started in the basement of St. Luke's Episcopal Church as a a congregational effort, and that was in the early 90s maybe even the late 80s. But anyway, we started in the basement, and we were doing all sorts of things, uh, not only food, but clothing and household goods. We outgrew that and moved down the street at the invitation of uh, Hope Lutheran Church, and were in the garage next to Lang Hall for several years, outgrew that, and uh, moved into our present facility, as I said, somewhere in the early teens or maybe the tweens of this century, and uh, we've been there a good while now. And are there any folks who were part of that initial launch who are still with the program? Maybe yourself. (laughs) I I was thinking about that too, and uh, since that initial time, I do believe, Gary, that I am the the only one still in the Valley uh, who was there uh, from the get-go, and I'm very Grateful for that to see how it has grown. In 2013, we narrowed our mission to food only and um, let go of household goods and clothing. It just got to be too much to handle. And we have discovered as a result of that single focus that our program has developed much more efficiently, much more smoothly. That sounds fair. Let's talk a bit about the process I know in the days of COVID, your process had morphed to a more of a curbside service. Is that still the case? Yes, it's still the case. We continue to remain committed to the health and safety of our uh, score of volunteers and to our neighbors and clients. Uh, so we have been, since March of 2020, Uh, organized to distribute food and hygiene items during our distribution hours at curbside. And uh, folks have become uh, quite accustomed to that. And we're still able to interact socially and and, uh, share 
news and gossip sometimes, Gary, <laughs> with our clients and neighbors. During the two and a half years of COVID or so, what trends did you see? Did you see different numbers, different types of people? We saw initially in COVID an immense surge that we had not been prepared for as many service agencies across the nation. And state funds, federal funds, increased donations carried us through that initial year. And as we settled into life with COVID, you might say, in 2021 and this year, we know now how to prepare for that both budget-wise and inventory-wise. But the answer is yes. Numbers increased almost immediately, then leveled off, settled down in 2021. And I was surprised, again, looking forward to our conversation today on the program. I looked at some numbers uh, from May through October of this year. Uh, As compared to May through October of last year, I was astounded, even as a board member who looks at this month to month with uh, Carol Alt, our uh, CEO and manager, we have had an, a 44% increase in clients um, since last year. In October alone, we served 655 people. 366 of those were seniors and 121 were children, 17 and under. We count seniors from 60 and above. I can't account for that increase. There are so many variables, employment, uh, other forms of income, illness, uh, folks getting older, new folks coming in and realizing they need assistance. I just don't know how to account for that increase, but we are happy that we've been able to meet the, uh, the challenge of increasing numbers. Okay. Tell us about the current schedule. Typically, we're open at the end of the week on Fridays. So what days are you open? That's correct. We are open the first three Fridays of the month uh, from noon until five at the facility on uh, North 3rd Street. And we also have a TFAP. Uh, Let me see if I can get that uh, acronym right. Uh, Temporary Emergency Food Assistance Program. It's uh, monitored and made possible by the USDA. We have that usually the second Monday of the month, and uh, we get the word out as best we can on the TFAP. That's a food supplement program, of course, that we also distribute. And on our distributions on Fridays, we also participate in the Senior Box uh, program, another USDA program. And that is the only program, the Senior Box, for which there are uh, a set income requirements. Otherwise, anyone is welcome to come. Have the demographics of your customers changed over time? Are there any trends? The only trend that I'm aware of uh, as we look at our numbers and statistics that we keep is that just as the county itself is aging, I think our clientele uh, is aging as well. Certainly the largest number of the people we serve are 60 and over. Mm-hmm. What about uh, kids? We track that 17 and under, and kids are about 
constantly about 20% okay. of, of the clientele in any given month. That, that's significant. Mm -hmm. Now, supply chain has been in the news over the last few years. Where does your food come from, and are you able to get what you need on a weekly basis? <laughs> yes, no, and maybe. <laughs> and I don't mean to be flip about it, but yes, uh, we and other food pantries and food banks across the state have uh, struggled uh, with a supply chain. We are purchasing agents, uh, purchasing members of Southern Colorado Care and Share based in Colorado Springs and Pueblo, where they have warehouses in both of those metropolitan areas. And they, Southern Colorado Care and Share serves 23 counties. And we purchase our food from them. We order monthly from them. They deliver a semi-truck. We also complement our uh, in food inventory with farm-to-table out of uh, Salida and with other local growers. And we also have very generous volunteers who jump in their pickup truck <laughs> hauling a trailer and will go get the food uh, from uh, some of our suppliers, including Care and Share sometimes. So, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty uh, active organization, and it's a very active <laughs> supply chain. And uh, Care and Share has done what they can. But, yeah, we, we have struggled sometimes. And the food is purchased through donations from uh, local folks? Yes. Uh, we're very grateful for our many um, patrons and financial sponsors. The Spirit Campaign, which we're involved right now, is one of our more significant fundraisers during the year. There are a handful of churches which uh, make a pledge to us on a monthly basis. I just want to tell a lovely story just from last Friday, if I may, Gary. Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman from Cotopaxi who was having coffee up on Main Street. And um, I don't know which establishment, but he noticed a line of cars. This was Friday afternoon. He noticed a line of cars backing up on 2nd Street. As, and he asked someone, what is that? And they told him, oh, those are people uh, lined up for food distribution at the uh, sharing center. The gentleman walked down to the sharing center, um, said hello to our volunteers uh, out on the porch, uh, and walked inside and walked back out and went about his business. He had left us a check for $500. <laughs> and so things like that no, that's nice. <laughs> very much help. Uh, that buys a lot of food for us. Good. And who makes this happen locally? Is it run by a board? And uh, How many volunteers do you have? We have uh, just about an even score of uh, very faithful and dedicated uh, volunteers who do everything, Gary. They do everything from unloading the semi-truck, shelving, inventorying, and then, of course, preparing the food boxes for uh, distribution. And then, yes, we have a board. Uh, we currently have uh, six members on the board, and we're hoping to expand the board. But, yes, it's uh, locally governed and, and operated. And as I mentioned before, our the angel who we have as our CEO uh, manager is uh, Carol Alt. She and her husband, Carl, 
are uh, really pillars of the organization. And the organization, I don't think we've mentioned, is a 501c3. 501c3, yes. Mm -hmm. And as we air this, we've just passed Thanksgiving and we're coming on the Christmas season. Does anything different happen in that last month of the year? Well, even curbside, it's a very festive time for us. Thanksgiving, we were able to have food distribution the week before Thanksgiving, that Friday of um, all the trimmings and so on. We had trouble uh, acquiring sufficient uh, turkeys this year, but we did the best we could, and our clients and the people we serve seem to be happy. At uh, Christmas time, I don't know, we put on funny red hats and <laughs> just have a good time. More specialized items in the food boxes at distribution time. And we are having a blanket drive this year. So I would uh, like listeners to be aware of that. Uh, we are collecting blankets for distribution through the month of December and across the winter months. So uh, you can uh, check into that. By Anyone is welcome to come by the center during our distribution hours or also the hours right before distribution. There are volunteers busy at work from about 10, 10.30 in the morning on those Fridays. And just to uh, look at the operation and bring by some nice clean blankets for those <laughs> who need them. Great. Wayne, as we run short of time, uh, any final thoughts? Well, yes. I always like to express uh, the gratefulness that we all have at the center for the support of the community. And uh, I'm also grateful that people in need have accepted us as a, a place to come to have that food need, need met. And um, it's, it's a very uh, joyous and pleasant place, and I, I invite anybody to come by at, at any time. Wayne, thanks for stopping by and filling us in again. Thank you, Gary. Thank you very much. Let me remind you that the Custer County Community Sharing Center is part of the Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation's Spirit Campaign. That campaign runs through the end of the year. Uh, information available all over town. Under full disclosure, I am on the board of Wet Mountain Valley Community Foundation. We've been visiting with Wayne Ewing, a member of the board of Custer County Community Sharing Center. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m., and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a